You are listening to The Brazen Truth. I'm Tiffany Cater, and today my good friend Sandra Bird is joining me discussing weight loss, the struggle with obesity, and the path to freedom. Proverbs 25, 28 says, Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Proverbs 16, 32 says, It is better to have self-control than to control an army. This is an important topic that oftentimes is overlooked in the church because people don't want to hurt other people's feelings. But you have to do what? You have to uncover the dark areas in our lives, the dark areas that seem subtle but really are only there to steal, to kill, and to destroy us because that's what the enemy's plans consist of for us, is to steal, to kill, and to destroy nothing less these things may seem subtle these things may seem minor but they're there with one purpose and one purpose only so it's time for the brazen truth So welcome to my studio, Sandra. I am so happy that you're joining me on this episode. Thank you for inviting me. You are inspiring to me in more than one way. Uh, Not only are you a really good friend of mine, but I also consider you um, somewhat of a mentor in in some areas. And this is one of them. Um, Weight loss. I've seen you on your journey in the last year, and you've lost, what, 65 pounds? 75. 75. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, so, you know, I've, I've um, watched you do this and I've admired your, your hard work in doing this. And um, in this episode, I kind of want to talk about, I want to talk about how you got there. But I, I also want to talk about the psychological um, process of being obese and of getting your mind in the place where you're going to lose weight. Um, because I am currently obese right now, and um, I'm very into psychology. I think uh, so much of this is in our mind, so much of this is in our head, and I've done the yo-yo dieting again and again and again, and I'm ready to stop doing all that, you know? So um, anyways, let's, let's start with how you did it. All right, so at the beginning, it's been in my mind forever to lose weight, and I'd been wanting to get into it, but I had no motivation, was depressed, and I feel like a lot of that was due to because I was obese. I had no control over my emotions. I was depressed all the time, jealous, everything. Basically, what happened was one day, I don't know, it was it was almost like I blinked and I realized just how much food I'd been consuming. Right. I'd have flashbacks of like just watching myself down big bags of chips and just going heavy with snacks. Not really so much food. It was more like a snack because it's quick and it's there. Right. And as I was eating a big bag of chips, I had this massive migraine that felt like it was killing me. Wow. And right then and there is when I made up my mind, okay, I got to do something and I got to change because I don't want to die young. Right. In that moment, that was enough pain to make me get on it, do it, start right then and there. I hate to say it, but it took something that serious to happen before me to make the decision. At least you made that decision. You know, my my grandma, she um, she was aware that she had an addiction. My, you know, my aunt was an alcoholic, 
And um, my aunt had confessed to her at some point that she was an alcoholic. And my grandma could relate to her on such a deep level because she was addicted to sugar, to eating. And it was literally killing her. That's what my grandma passed away from was a lot. And she she died relatively young. Um, and she died from um, issues related to her weight. Uh, but she, she knew it was killing her, you know, starting in her 30s when she was diagnosed with diabetes. Um, she knew it was killing her, but it didn't stop her from doing it. And that is what an addiction does. So the fact that you were able to recognize the destruction that it was causing you, the pain, the harm, the threat that it was to you, the real threat that it was to you, and decide right then and there to change, I mean, that's huge. So how how long have you struggled with your weight? I want to say it started like early childhood. Like as a kid, I want to, mm, I want to say about around 11, 12. Okay. And... I was being bullied in school. I didn't have any friends. Yeah, I would say that's when it got bad. Was it depression that caused you to gain weight, or was it gaining weight that caused you depression? I guess is my my question. I know that's a hard question to answer. <laughs> no, good. I would say both. Being depressed already, I would turn to food, and then I would eat this food. It would make me feel like junk. Right. And then it would make me mad, and then I'd go get more food just to have it all continue this bad cycle. Right. So, I mean, and you, we go to the same church. We've been going to the same church for a while now. Yeah. In this process of losing weight, have you felt that your church friends or the people at, at your church or just the atmospheres of different gatherings and whatnot have helped you in your journey or, or hurt you or both? I would say both. Yeah. They've helped because, it, you know, like they say... Bad company corrupts good character. Yes. Well, I mean, you got friends that eat all the time. It's like, yeah, no, everyone likes to eat. Everyone likes to eat. But then there's like an excessive amount. Then right. However, the friends that God has blessed me with in my life, I never realized it till you just said it. But a lot of them have healthy ways of eating and being around them so much. It's making me aware of just what I'm eating and how it's making me feel. The reason I had asked um, is because I feel like overeating, or I want to call it gluttony. People don't like to use the word gluttony because it sounds so bad, and it's it, you know it's in so many scripture verses in the Bible that make gluttony a sin, right? Yeah. But that's like the one sin that Christians want to, I have found, want to sweep it under the rug and pretend like it's not there. Um, but it's really, I feel like it's, it's harmful. It's harmful to, obviously to our bodies, it's harmful to our bodies. But what I have found in my own experience is it's harmful to relationships. Like for me, when I'm overweight, I'm not really a great friend. I am suspicious, easily offended, you know, well, and because I'm depressed when I'm overweight, you know? Yeah. Um, and so when you're depressed, you automatically filter all of your relationships, all of your experiences through that depression. Like I'm not the best mom when I'm depressed or the best wife and the list goes on and on. Um, it's hard for me to witness to people, to tell people about Jesus when I'm overweight, because I think the first thing they're going to see is my biggest struggle, which is my weight. You know, the first thing they're going to see is she's got an eating addiction, you know, like, and I know that, you know, some people look past that and whatnot, but 
it's just, it was such an obstacle in my mind that it was really hard for me to push past that. It's like the same reason, I was joking about this the other day, the same reason why I don't like to put a church bumper sticker on the back of my van, because I don't want, the way I drive, I don't think that it's <laughs> beneficial to the kingdom of God or to my church for people to know that I'm a Christian. I know that's horrible, and I'm working on it, and I'll eventually get to the place where I put that bumper sticker on my car. But um, I kind of feel like that, you know, in this body sometimes, like struggling with my weight. Like, how are you going to talk to people about freedom when you're so clearly not walking in freedom yourself? You know what I mean? Yeah, I've, I've felt a lot of that, um, especially with meeting new people. There have been times where, like, I could see a skinny person and the first thing in my head is I'd reject them because I think like, oh, they wouldn't want to be friends with a fat person. So right. I'm just not going to get to know them. Right. And along the way, that person somehow draws near me and then we start talking and it turns out my judgment about them was wrong. Completely wrong. Yes. And which is a good thing because it's like, okay, then that means that, you know, the problem was with me. I have totally misjudged people too. And like later found out that that person really needed me in that moment. And because I misjudged them and and assumed that they were thinking something negative about me, I couldn't help them. And, and you know, that is really heartbreaking to find out that not only am I struggling with this weight issue, but I'm also super selfish, you know? And, I mean, it's easier. It's kind of like I always um, compare it to cleaning my house. Like, sometimes, very rarely, mind you, but sometimes I'll get in the mood to clean, okay? So <laughs> when I do, I'll start cleaning really well, and the more I clean my house, the dirtier I realize it is. And then I notice the baseboards, and then I notice the dust on the top of the fans, and then I notice, like, I don't know, the list can go, I don't want to give you guys too much of an insight into, <laughs> you know, the state that my house can get into sometimes, but... You know, the more I clean, the more I realize that the house needs to be clean. And that feeling can be overwhelming. And that's sometimes with me with weight loss. It's like I've gone through these patterns where I've lost 40, 50, 60 pounds even. And even when I lose that weight, yeah, I feel so much better. Um, my clothes fit. I'm healthier. I have so much more energy. But then I, I get really critical and I'm like, I still have so much room to grow. I have so much, well, I guess not room to grow, room to get smaller, <laughs> room to <laughs> lose weight, you know. I have never yeah. been a six-pack abs person. Like, I've never been able to see my abs. So <laughs> I'm just assuming that they're in there somewhere. Um, but, you know, it just, and then you almost, for me, when I would lose weight, I would almost get, like, body dysmorphia, like, I have pictures of myself when I was probably 60 pounds lighter than I am right now, and they were my before pictures. Now I could use them easily as my after pictures, and they look <laughs> great. But, um, you know, I, I'm really trying to, because I've gone through those patterns of losing a good amount of weight and then gaining it back, I'm trying to get to the, the, the heart of the matter. Last month, I went to a, a consultation um, about weight loss surgery, gastric surgery. And um, I'm going to go to another one in July, but I really don't want to have weight loss surgery. I don't want to do it because, not because I think there's anything wrong with it at all. There's nothing wrong with it, but my grandma had weight loss surgery and it didn't work. She lost some weight and then she gained it all back. She lost like 100 pounds 
And then she gained it all back. And she it ended, it ended up killing her. Um, I know pe- many people who have had similar situations. And I know it's because weight loss surgery will help you break that addiction to the constant dopamine hit that you're getting when you eat. Because you have to break that right after surgery, right? Yeah. Um, but it's not going to fix the psychological problem that got you there in the first place. And then they repeat this cycle and they had that weight loss surgery for no reason. And I do not want that to be me. I don't want to have gone through that painful surgery and the excitement of losing all that weight just to gain it back in a few years. I would say for me, it was a... Because I thought about everything. And usually when you're depressed, any and everything runs through your mind. Right. So I, I had thought about it. And... I thought, okay, well, I, I don't want to gain all the weight back that I lose either. So how can I make this a lifelong thing? And I would think about it more and more. And the first thing was stop looking at it as a temporary situation. It's not temporary. It's for a lifetime, for your life, for the rest of your life. So each day, just one thing, one thing at a time. Sometimes it's hard to do that one thing because your mind races and you got a million things. But if you can stick with that one thing, it helps. The other thing I noticed was... It doesn't matter the comments people make. What's the real reason you're doing this? If you Are you doing it just to look good? I mean, because the Bible says looks come and go and it wither over time. That's so true. So it can't be for looks. What made me want to lose it in that moment was pain, physical pain. And not only that, I, I, had, I didn't realize how big I was because I, I knew I was always big, but... When you feel pain and the pain gets worse over time, at some point you begin to wonder what happened. What what, what did I do? I'm young. I don't want this. This isn't, is this what life's going to be like? I don't want that. Right. And it would get deeper. And for me, my ankle, would, my left ankle would swell so bad to the point where I almost couldn't walk. Wow. And there were times I called out of work because of it. And, and you're 20? 26. 26, yeah. And... My biggest thing was chips, inflammation with salt. The intake of salt that I was consuming was enough to kill a person, but that never stopped me. I kept going. Right. And I've always been like, I'm the kind of person I can take pain anywhere else better, but my head, that I can't take it. That's where everything functions, your brain. You need that to live. Right. Oh my gosh. That is so true. I When I realized that the weight, it was starting to cause me um, cognitive, like, um, like just blurriness, like it, yeah. a lot of cognitive issues. Like I, it's a hard time focusing, hard time processing information, hard time remembering things. Like weight and sugar and eating disorders, it affects all of that in a big way. And like when my mind starts to go, that's like. A sign, everything starts Motivating, to right? Yeah. <laughs> That's super motivating. Absolutely. And then, um, you know, going back to what you said um, a few minutes ago about making it to where it's a life change and not like, um, you know, I'm on a diet or temporary, like how we were talking about, like making sure that you know, you're aware that this is not something that I'm doing to lose some weight. This is a lifestyle that I'm going to maintain, maintain for the rest of my life. Um, so that's so true because especially, and I don't know, this isn't the case for everyone. This is just the case for me. Like I know it's an addiction. I know that for me, it's a sugar addiction primarily. 
Um, and I, I don't say the word addiction to alleviate my responsibility or to say that it's a sickness and I can't change, but I say, I use the word addiction. And I think this is how people in AA use it as well. People, I've heard people, um, criticize people who, um, say that they're alcoholics or they're recovering alcoholics because they, you know, don't use word curses. And, you know, when you say you're an alcoholic, you're just giving yourself a reason to be an alcoholic, you know, like you can't control it. But the reason they say that is so that you understand that, hey, just because your brother or your sister or your mom can have a glass of wine, that does not mean that you can have a glass of wine. Because if you have a glass of wine, it'll turn into a three-day bender where you find yourself in some random place naked. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. that. That's a, when you're an alcoholic, that's how extreme that it can be. So there's no room for compromise. So when you have an eating disorder, you know, usually you don't wake up naked in some random place. <laughs> Let's hope. But at the same time, I mean, who knows? But um, at the same time, um, when you have an eating disorder, it's like you can't like have your friends lock up the, you know, cookies when you come to their party or whatever, you know, make sure there's no birthday cake around them. They're going to lose it. Yeah. You know, like no one says that, you know, and everything's and, gone. Exactly. Well, they, they don't, they don't see it like it's as severe as alcoholism, you know, but yeah. it can be as severe as alcoholism because it's so subtle and it kills people. Like you look at the statistics of how Americans die. That's at the top of the list you know, things, uh, weight issues, like being, uh, 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 sicknesses, diseases that are caused by obesity. That's at the top of the list. So this is important that we look at this and look at it for what it is, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I like when you go to church events and potlucks and different things, you know, sometimes, For the most part, like, we have those supportive people who are healthy, who eat healthy themselves, and who will motivate you to eat healthy. But then there's there's also a few of them in there, and, you know, it's really not their fault, but it just needs to be brought to their awareness, like... You're not gonna eat cake. What's wrong with you? Like you, you look amazing. Oh my gosh, you lost so much weight. You deserve it. Oh my gosh, have a piece of cake. And they don't realize that they're really pushing you into an addiction that God has convicted you of. And that one piece of cake could cause you to go into a eat downward everything. spiral. Yes, exactly. Not to make myself sound like sound like a psycho or anything, but you know, like that's really all it takes if. You're in the first couple of years of your journey, like a cookie at a party, like, you know, people think they're being nice to you by pressuring you to have it, but really they're sabotaging you. Um, So I don't, that, that, that's just the one thing that has frustrated me. And those people who do that are usually the life of the party and I love them, but stop. (laughs) Don't do that to me anymore, please. Yeah, there's times I thought, like, what if I just... Well, if you think about it, just about any and every kind of thing in life, everything is celebrated with food. Yes. You, birthdays, weddings, anniversaries, graduations, whatever it is, everything's food-related. Hanging out with friends, food-related. And as I was losing weight, I thought, okay, well, how can I change this? Because not that you can't eat food. Yes, you can eat food, but I need to do something because... I've lived most of my life in the house. I need to get out. Right. 
So when I started losing weight, I thought, get out the house like that. I want to go outside. As, as stupid as that sounds, saying it out loud. It sounds, to, it doesn't sound stupid at all. Like to someone struggling with weight. It's like, yeah, I want to see a new environment. And over the course of time, I think, I think God knew what he was doing. He knew what I needed because he blessed me with friends who live a healthy lifestyle. Right. And for me, someone who's coming out of, I don't know, I don't know nothing about health. Yeah, I'm like, and <laughs> so to be surrounded, there were times I'd feel super insecure, but the one thing they always did was make me feel comfortable, accept me the way that I am. They loved me where I was, as I am, and it wasn't fake, and you can feel it, you can right. tell it, and they lived it. Right. Which also I feel had a huge impact on me. Right. Because when I wanted to talk down about myself, which I've done many times, They'll stop me and give me a compliment or tell me, remind me the reason why I started. Right. Self-talk is huge. Self-talk is absolutely huge. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I'm not a nutritionist, obviously, um, or anything close <laughs> to that. But I always say, if you want to know something about a diet or a, a, a weight loss plan or anything like that, then ask a fat person because they'll know about every <laughs> diet. I know about Jenny, Craig. I know about Isogenics. I know about, you know, the Daniel plan, keto, you know, what else is there? Um, paleo. I know about There's all like the plans. Bunch of them. There's a million of them. And I've tried. I've done the Red Mountain weight loss with the HCG injections or the pills and the, and the vitamin injection. I've done all of those things. So ask if you guys, you know, have any questions, please <laughs> let me know uh, because I know about them all. But I always say, like, that's that's another reason. It's like the, the diet that's the healthiest for you is the one that you will do, you know? The one that you'll follow is the one that's going to work for you. So the following yeah. part is up in, in your head. So we have that's where we have to start. Um, but I was talking to my mom about it. And she was mentioning um, that she had read about people who have struggled or people who were victims of sexual abuse when they were kids a lot of times suffer with weight-related issues. And um, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I took some psychology classes and um, I don't remember if it was in one of the textbooks or if it was just in some, some um, different things that I was watching to uh, prepare for a, a paper I was writing. But um, I learned that um, the area that lights up in your brain when you feel shame or um, guilt, that same area in your brain, that's what triggers feelings of hunger. So, I mean, in my mind, when, when you are sexually abused, that, that causes you to feel a lot of shame, you know, a lot of shame and even a lot of guilt, just depending on what the situation was, you might feel responsible um, and you might you might perpetuate that in your life through other actions. So feelings of shame and guilt, and um, and 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 feelings of not being enough. All of those things like start happening at the same time, and they trigger those feelings of of hunger. Like I need to feed myself, and it's just like a circle. Like you you eat a bunch of stuff you know you're not supposed to, then you feel shame and guilt, and then you eat some stuff that you're not supposed to because that was in your brain, right? That lit up in your brain, yeah. and then you feel shame and guilt. So, you know, it's like just a spinning wheel that has to stop. Yeah, it seems like there's never any end. One day I was in the kitchen cooking, 
And I don't even remember what it was. I didn't get offended by it, but my sister had made a comment. And I don't, she didn't say it to offend me, but when she said it, it was almost like my brain got it instantly. And she, oh, cause I had made a comment. Like I never see, like there's some people that you're around where they almost never eat. At least that's what you think right. is the case. But she's one of those people who, the way she explained it was you eat because you like the taste of the food. I eat because I feed my body what it needs. Wow. Yeah. And it was like right then and there. I was like, that's my problem. <laughs> You're like, okay, who asked you? And I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She made that comment. I was like, well, it made me think like, now, it, I had flashbacks going from years. And I was like, I do like the taste of food. <laughs> I don't know anyone who doesn't <laughs> like the taste of food, really. But but yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I kind of get what she was saying, but... Um, I also, I heard somebody on, I think it was Joe Rogan, a Joe Rogan podcast or episode, and I, I don't know who the guy was that was talking, but he was saying something about, like, he knew some overweight people, and these overweight people weren't overweight because they were eating too much, they were just eating the wrong thing, like, he watched how they ate and stuff, and I was like, no, I, I don't think that's true at all. And I don't think this guy's ever been fat, the guy who's talking. <laughs> um, because fat people, they don't like to eat in front of people a lot of the times. Like, they feel like, I mean, they will, but they feel like people are watching them when they eat. You kind of feel ashamed to eat. Right. So they'll take some stuff, sneak off into their room or whatever, and then just eat a bunch of stuff in secret. Like, I mean, I've eaten candy bars on the toilet. That's as low as it gets, okay? <laughs> I've done that in school. <laughs> <laughs> That's as low as it gets. That's our equivalent of ending up naked in some random place, eating a candy bar on the toilet. That's when you know that you have a problem. But um, <laughs> anyway, that's happened to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so much fun. Um, but yeah, so um, I, I don't know. It, it's it's inspiring. Like I do have people in my life who are very inspiring and motivating. Um, someone who helps me is Bailey from church. Um, yeah. She is so awesome. She, of course, is super fit, has the absolute perfect body. And she's so sweet and kind and loving and helpful and motivating. Um, but she's never been fat. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she is so awesome. She she texts me from time to time, encouraging me and just giving me advice. And I really, truly appreciate that. And when we're at church events... Where she is, I make sure and I try to eat a little bit healthier than I would <laughs> if she wasn't there. Um, but yeah, it is, it's it's awesome. But what I've been looking for and what I am craving so much is to have somebody, a beacon of hope, a beacon of light, a beacon of inspiration who has been fat and who lost the weight and who is a Christian who can help people um, you know, walk through those steps. And I'm not talking about, like, there's been trainers who gain 70 pounds and then lose it to help people. I think that's cool. I remember seeing a show about that. Yeah, there's a show. but And I think it's awesome. But I think a period of six months of being fat isn't the same as, you know, being fat Lifetime. for 20 years or whatever. Yeah, um, of really living the life of having this this these cycles, these um, psychological um, processes that are so harmful you know um so you know I'm, I'm looking for that person i do find people from time to time um that that have lost weight you're one of the people who have lost weight who really inspire me um so um but i'm looking i'm looking for more people um and hopefully 
hopefully, not hopefully, this is going to happen. I'm going to get my act in, um, I'm going to get myself, how do I say this without cussing? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get myself together, okay? I'm going to get myself together. I'm going to lose this weight, and um, it's going to be awesome. I'm hoping, actually, maybe this is the first step. Maybe this episode of the podcast is the first step. You guys can see me on my journey. Not every episode will be about this, but every once in a while, I'll have um, an update um, episode of how my weight loss journey is going. And um, maybe this is going to be the first episode of the weight loss updates. Yeah. You know what? The other good thing about it is like when I'm at school, not school, sorry, work, and I'm on my lunch break, like let's say if I had... A candy bar. Now I've lost all this weight and someone comes along who's who's seen me from the beginning and they're like, Oh, how's your diet going? It's like, <laughs> That's the best. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's I kinda like it in a way because it's like having an account accountability partner that you didn't ask for. But right. it also lets you know that you're being watched. Not in a bad way, but I've had people who are heavier at my job come to me and say that they wanted me to help them. And I thought, okay, well, you know what? This weight loss journey wasn't just for me. Right. There's others out there who are struggling. They're seeing me get it together. And they could see that what I'm doing is working. Right. Because he saw how big I was. So it's motivation. And it also puts it in my head like, hey, keep going. It's not just about you. But life isn't oh just gosh, about us. Yes. It's about others, too. Yes, and that's what I was I was thinking, like, man, you know, I, I do want to inspire people. I want to inspire people. That's one of the reasons I started this podcast was to help people and help myself in the process um, and inspire people to be better and to grow and to achieve their goals um, as I, you know, as I work through those things myself. But I was thinking about weight loss and how I know that it has torn people apart inside. Like, I've cried. You know, I know other people have cried. Have, Same. Yeah, have have gone through so much. And, and we say depression. We laugh about it and stuff, you know, about all the the, you know, funny parts of being fat. But at the same time, there's some really dark places that we can go to because of this issue. And um, there's been people who kill themselves because of this issue. There have been people who completely isolate themselves from everyone who loves them because of this issue. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. And I'm tired of it for myself. And I'm tired of it for other people. And I want to help other people. Um, Like you're helping me. Like Bailey's helping us. You know, we want to help other people conquer this giant and defeat this thing. Yeah, because it's a big issue. And it's not a... It's it's growing daily. Right. In more and than one way. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> but like I want I want to get married and I want to have kids, but that's the other thing. Like I want kids, but I don't want to have them being obese. I don't want to complicate I don't want to have a complicated pregnancy because of my poor decisions with food. Right. And I don't want to put my baby at risk from that. Right. So it's like, okay, well, you know you want this. How bad do you want that? Yeah. I want, I want it. Yeah. I found out that one of my kids, I, I don't want to say which one, but um, one of my kids um, had a little ab- ab- abnormality. Abnormality. Am I saying that right? Abnormality. Um, beca- and, and, and it's largely unknown why this abnormality occurs, 
but one of the contributing factors is from the mother being obese. So when I found that out, you know, and, and it's, a, it's a minor thing that could be corrected with surgery, um, but when I found out the cause or the possible cause of it, I was just devastated. I cried and cried and cried because as a mom, mom guilt is a really big thing. And as a mom, when you feel responsible for pain or suffering that your child is going through, it's suffocating. It's a suffocating feeling and a, a tremendous amount of guilt. You know, thankful that it wasn't something worse, but also just sad that that those tears were because of me, you know? Um, but yeah, and there's, there's a lot of different things that like, you know, even me as a mom, not wanting to go jump on the trampoline with the kids, you know, I'll go up there and I'll roll around, but for me me to kind of like jump on the trampoline, that's a completely, you know, maybe in 30 pounds or so, but, um, I'm just kidding. I I do go up there and jump. It's not pretty, but I do it. Um, but yeah, like, you know, our, my kids, they, they're also on this journey with me because, they don't have the full mom that they could, you know, the fullness of what I could be, my potential um, as their mom. And I don't ever want them to be ashamed of me. I don't ever want them to feel like they can't do something because of my weight. Um, so that's that's a huge motivating thing for me as well. Um, but, you know, I'm really thankful that I have friends like you who are on this journey with me. Um, and uh, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you invited me to come talk about this. This was good. Yeah, this was fun, right? It was fun. <laughs> That's awesome. I love you. All right, guys. So, um, next episode is going to be June 24th. So Thursday, June 24th, and I'm actually going to be talking about homosexuality again. I know I did an episode on it um, with my amazing pastor slash sister slash friend Bethany Whitmer. Um, but I, I want to do another episode on it, um, and it'll be just me uh, during this episode. But I want to talk about what I believe the psychology behind being gay is. So please join me. And as always, like, subscribe, comment, share, and please send me a message. I want to hear from you. You can comment below, or you can find me on Facebook and send me a message. I am all ears. I want to hear what your thoughts are, what you uh, think I should do an episode on, and your opinions on the episodes that I've already done. Probably going to cut some of that out because it sounds awkward now because Sandra's staring at me and making me nervous. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys so much for joining me. I'll uh, talk to you guys next time on The Brazen Truth.